0: Hi everybody it's becky
1: hi everybody it's dan and
0: this is the h word podcast
1: yeah I mean, there's hit, i hit a fart sound effect or something
0: you oh i see no you didn't like morning radio yeah we don't have yeah. the foley audience imagine that there's like fart sounds and kind of those like voo, voo, voo. is that the kind of sound you make at the morning
1: yeah well i think nowadays maybe it's more like a bit kind of dubstepy, like like a bunch of like glitches Damn. that like yeah
0: oh i i can't remember the last time i listened to a morning radio show
1: neither can i really i see i see a poster for marilyn dennis sometimes oh uh, i think she has a morning radio show now
0: oh she's transitioned to mornings
1: was she late nights before
0: wasn't she she had a daytime television show
1: yeah television but i think this is a radio show oh, i see i think
0: okay Speaking of advertising,
1: yes, um,
0: we don't have an advertiser on this podcast. But what I saw an ad for, I saw billboards up for um, indie mattresses. They do sponsor podcasts for your sponsor up, but there's this area like down by the Roncesvalles overpass where there there were like the billboards were empty for a while, it was really. Nice. And then they got replaced by two Endy billboards that say, Endy, work from bed. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I'm i sorry, Andy, I know you got to sell your beds, but I don't like that. That's it's very scary vibe for Second Lockdown.
1: Mm-hmm. Speaking of advertising, mm-hmm. uh, and this is not about Second Lockdown so much, but I did see a, a bus ad one time um, or a bus shelter ad that s- was advertising like – A contest where you would win like, I don't know, Mm $50,000. I think it was a radio contest actually. Okay. And, and the sort of main slogan to like get you to compete in this contest was like, that, now that's what I call paying off your debt or something like this. And it was like, this is the, this is the nature of the lottery now is like, (laughs) To pay off your debts. Oh, like, gosh. I mean – Like, there was something very very dystopian about
0: – Right. Average,
1: like, getting people excited about competing in a, a lottery so that they could pay off their debts.
0: Right. Like, it's not like you're going to go on a cruise or buy diamonds. It's like – No. Nah, you're, it's like,
1: get back to normal. You'll get
0: to zero. This You'll avoid yeah. bankruptcy.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Was
0: this recent?
1: <laughs> yes. This was in the yeah. last. This was, like, just pre-COVID. Uh, yeah, that's, like,
0: that's yeah. the vibe. I mean – Yeah. I am I am back around to understanding a little bit more of the role of comedy, I think. Mm. But it's fucked out there. Yeah. I don't even... I don't know. Schools are scary. The streets are scary. You,
1: you know what's fucked? What? Is that just before we started recording, you told me that you're Googling the dates at which tree farms open so that you can get a Christmas tree.
0: <laughs> yeah. I hope is not listening to this because Itar is away for a couple of weeks um, as mom's place cleaning up and stuff and... Spending time with his family. Um, and I thought it would be fun to s- just de- decorate for Christmas. I want to um, – also, we've established I'm Jewish, but I really like Christmas.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: I like the pagan side of Christmas, I think. And mm. uh, I wanted to get a Christmas tree, like, November 1st this year.
1: Wow. And then I like it, it, like just sort of out of nowhere felt the itch, or like you've been planning that, or no,
0: it was like Christmas, not Christmas, my other Christmas, Halloween was over. And when Halloween was like made me so sad, mm. it really hit me. And I think I just wanted Christmas. And then I was like, Oh, can I get a Christmas tree? And I was like, That's it's disrespectful to our troops to, to <laughs> do Christmas before Remembrance Day. You can't do that. <laughs> I pulled out my poppy yeah. and stiff upper lip, and, but I yeah. really want a Christmas tree now. Because who fucking knows what's next? It feels okay right now, but I don't know.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so let's do Christmas now while the daily cases are at 1,000 so that we don't have to do it when they're 6,000.
0: <laughs> yeah, so. And, and so like before – I don't know, before this – cuckoo golfing president pulls all the troops out of afghanistan and sells a bunch of shit to iran like it just every like there's a lot going on that we're not even talking about so and i i think it's sort of i don't know it 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 articulated in kind of a joyful impulse in me like christmas but i think it's coming from someone it's got to be coming from deep anxiety (laughs) and confusion
1: um so, yeah, you're like, hmm, I can't get it now, but... Oh, the 28th. I, I found
0: a place so I can get it on the 28th. Um, okay.
1: So, a mere 11 days away. I, I,
0: It's... I don't know why I want a Christmas... Uh, it's not a great idea, but, you know, follow your intuition.
1: <laughs> yeah. And you'll be first in line, camped out, and you'll get a good one.
0: <laughs> what if I show up and it's like... Like something's happening in the collective unconscious, and it's just like a mob of people (laughs) who need Christmas trees on day one. Yeah, I want a like Tinder stick in my in my home by Christmas Day. That's what I want. Yes,
1: cut me a Tinder stick.
0: I don't get to. I don't think I get to hang out with my nieces and nephew for Christmas. I think I'm just yeah. You know. Uh, Yeah. How are you feeling these days?
1: Um. Uh. I. I think I'm. I think I'm also doing a lot of ignoring uh, anxieties. Um, I've been watching a lot of the History Channel show alone.
0: Oh, yeah. Okay. We we talked about this. Right. So quick synopsis for the... Quick
1: synopsis. um, Ten contestants are put into the woods and they uh, have to film themselves um, surviving for as long as they can. It's one of those like uh, hands on a hard body Style competitions, except it's surviving in the woods a lot. Hands on a hard body? Yeah. Are you familiar with hands on a hard body?
0: Is this a genre?
1: I believe it's a style of competition. It was like in the 80s, maybe in the 90s a bit, where people would stand literally with their hands on a car.
0: Okay. I pictured something
1: different okay no
0: (laughs) like hot people putting hands on each other's abs
1: no no okay no but if you sexualize cars like a lot of people do uh then there's that's intentional
0: yeah what are they called Um, exhaust chasers
1: are they people who are sexually attracted to cars
0: i just made that up i'm sorry if it's a pre-existing slur
1: oh no there but there is there is like object fetishization and, like i've i've definitely seen oh i know, you know all separate reality shows about being in love with your car and like really truly wanting to have sex with yeah, it anyway i
0: have the internet i know <laughs> okay okay well
1: <laughs> sorry something you don't know hands on a hard buddy i don't know it's, i don't know what you know or you don't know
0: okay i i just didn't know the term okay so so a so lot it's a competition is where like you, putting your hands on a car for a long time
1: well yeah cuz the competition was whoever lasts the longest with their hands on the car yeah. wins the car and so it's whoever lasts the longest in the woods and you just don't know when other people have quit. So, you just you just are out there. Um, I've watched three seasons of this show. Uh, and I think that is my Christmas right now.
0: What's it giving you?
1: Um, what's it giving me? Like, it's you, giving – Do you
0: think about – does it make you think like, okay, here's some stuff for if like the grid goes down? Or it's just like um, escapism? Well, other,
1: there's a little bit of that. Um, there's mostly the experience is like, oh, I could never do this. Hmm um
0: preparing for your demise if the grid goes down <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, yeah well th- there's a lot of like uh there's a lot of things that even if the grid went down you know you would still be able to use in yeah uh current civilization like these people are shirking even those opportunities right they're specifically building things out of uh, found wood right um but it yeah it it it, it it I guess it makes me f- think about my own um, thought processes and like the births of my own anxieties, mm-hmm. like where that comes from. And like when it starts and, you know, like you'll see people and like you'll see people's anxieties uh, sort of spin out a bit and it'll be easy. It'll be obvious for the viewer to be like, well, that's your starvation. Like you are. Right. It's just because you're hungry that right. you're doing that. Um, which is another good reminder of like when these things crop up in ourselves like well no there's actually just this other big thing that's going on
0: yeah eat an egg
1: um, eat an egg or 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 realize that it's you know uh, that it's stress about the world situation and not the fact that you know you uh, you you can't clean your you can't clean your stovetop properly or whatever
0: mm. it's it's wild how much the U S election was affecting me and, and like, and I knew it was right. Yeah. But I think I've been feeling better this week because of that psychic weight gone, I think. Yeah. It's still very much present, but I feel like, and I've had a lot of conversations with friends who've like popped out of inertia because it was, something's happened. Something has happened, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. It does feel a bit like, um, I'm reminded of the imagery of like, uh, Uh, like stone people who were frozen in stone now suddenly moving a bit beneath the stone and the stone is starting to crumble Mm, away. And beneath is a living being.
0: Yeah, that's good. But they're not just, they don't, yeah, they're not just out. It's crumbling. It's
1: not just out. It's crumbling. And you can start to start to move.
0: Oh, that's good. Uh, Yeah. That's a good one. Um, So I, you know, that's my hopeful is just that feeling. And the fact that multiple friends are expressing that to me and like, works getting done oh i've got some i've got um i've got something for the plug portion great um i have recorded a couple of segments for this this um podcast for kids age 7 to 12 called the plop Ooh. uh the first episode's up already it's it's put out by kelly and kelly out of vancouver at podcast production company and i've got another one that i'm working on so i'm not in any of them yet but if you're at home with your kids 7 to 12 this is very fun
1: that's great. An alternative to the, uh, the like, iPad distractor.
0: Yeah. And the, before I wrote my episodes, I, like, tested their pilot with my – I um, did, like, a target marketing with my niece, who's six. Mm. And uh, she told me what she liked and didn't like, so I got some insider information. But she liked a bunch of it, so I was like, I don't know what these kids are into. But, you know, TV-age kids, they, they she was into it, so.
1: Great. And you're doing focus grouping, and that's important.
0: Yeah, <laughs> Actually, she had a tantrum, and she was being punished, and she didn't get to go to the park.
1: <laughs> oh, okay. I so, was, this was punishment.
0: Well, I said, I'm like, I can't play with you. I am cooking dinner, but you can help me with my work. It's, you know, it's okay. entertainment. Yeah. But She's not allowed to just play if she's being punished, but... Um, yeah.
1: Well, my plug portion yeah. is that uh, I just finished recording my very first audio commentary mm-hmm. for a DVD. Uh, they still make those, Um a blu-ray also. Yeah. Uh, and just did one for the movie The 20th Century, uh, and it was delightful.
0: Oh, that's awesome. Um when it's out on Criterion Collection?
1: No. <laughs> when's it uh, when's it out? It, when? I don't know, okay. but it's going to be released through Oscilloscope Labs. Um they are the film company uh co-owned by the late Adam Yauk.
0: Oh, and and also your the 20th Century it's got some sort of like online release in the states is that correct
1: um something yes well there's the there's the uh i believe there's an american theatrical release in 2020
0: (laughs) i was confused by this
1: unbelievably
0: but then Um, some of it's virtual
1: but then yeah there i believe there's like virtual screening also
0: guys look it Um, up go out to a theater just kidding i i can't really recommend that right now personally
1: yeah oscilloscope labs or oscilloscope films will uh bring you to the film
0: awesome yeah um you want to hear the interview i did I'd love to. It's with um, wonderful painter extraordinaire Margot Williamson. Great. Yeah. Here we go. Okay. Bye. (laughs) Bye. Hi, everybody. It's Becky. I'm back. And I'm joined all the way from the other side of Parkdale in Toronto uh, by my good friend, Margot Williamson. Hello, Margot. Hello, Becky. How are you? <laughs> I'm all right. Yeah. Um, How are you? I'm okay. I Just woke up from a nap. I um, I experienced some of the of the exceptional weather we had today. It was real Wizard of Oz stuff. It's still going on too. I just looked out before yeah. we started recording. It's like record breaking um, winds. The uh, lakes, like it looks like the ocean on the lake, and it smells like the ocean.
2: You know, we this was the night we were supposed to hang out in front of the fire, so we did a good job. Oh my God, that would have been terrible. Yeah, yeah. We, but also, it's yeah, yeah. Yeah. What, no, what? <laughs> I don't know. I was, I was like, I just went out to get some dinner, and uh, and I could barely walk home. Yeah. <laughs> and I was, and I was thinking about having to talk to you about hope, and it just felt like the Wizard of Oz. It was like everything was flying around.
0: Was that something so just related kept related to hope to you.
2: Uh, well, The Wizard of Oz is this movie where everything's sort of terrible and it's in black and white, I've and then heard, I've like heard of a <laughs> huge storm comes, and, <laughs> and then and it's like it's entirely about hope. Does it get better in Oz? No, no. It's of course it's false the hope. Right, but but still, there's a rainbow and there's color and you know she makes some friends. She makes some. She gives them uh, hope. <laughs> she tells them to and believe, they believe realize, in themselves yeah and then it turns out it was just inside all of them the whole time yeah I mean I've, I've yeah. seen it <laughs> I've heard of
0: it I've seen it, <laughs> I've seen it. Um, but yeah we we're yeah. supposed to have a fire tonight and if we had also now you know fires are just allowed eh, the rules are looser so we had a fire on Wednesday in like just, yeah. just on the Toronto street on the, <laughs> yeah. next to the street part on a, you know, side it lawn. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. But yeah, I wouldn't want to light a fire outside tonight. It would probably blow fire everywhere. Yeah,
2: yeah. It might um, be hard to start. What's that? It might be hard to in- ignite. Yeah. So yeah,
0: I got soaked earlier. And then it was wild. My I was out in my rain boots and they just filled with water.
2: <laughs> oh my God.
0: I don't think I've ever had that happen. Like just filled. And then the wind was blowing in a way that it blew all the rain like down... I was wearing a scarf, but it blew all the way in, like down the front of my chest, <laughs> down between my boobs, and then it like shot a bunch of it out onto my pants from the inside of my sweater.
2: It was what? Wi- it's it was wild out there. Like the clouds looked just like giant balls of water. Yeah. I took
0: some pictures down at the lake. It just doesn't I mean, I just still have an old iPhone, but it just doesn't do it justice. Like the lake looked like I've lived in view of the lake for 13 years, and I don't remember it looking like this. It was, like, just
2: yeah, rolling. I didn't even bother to take my phone out. Yeah, I felt like I wanted to,
0: but it's it doesn't matter. Oh, <laughs> and when I went down to the lake, also, like, everyone I saw, everyone smiled really big at each other. <laughs> yeah, that's exciting. Something was happening. Exactly, and everyone was, like, you know, taking pictures and... And, like, just when they'd see a stranger, they'd like smile really big. And I was smiling big too. So <laughs>
2: that felt different. Weather's uh, like the only thing that uh, we don't understand what's going to happen. Like, it just shakes us okay. out of ourselves. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. So, on your podcast, uh-huh. like, have you got, have you come to any, um, have you moved anywhere with what hope is? And do people actually just talk about hope or do people talk about their lives? Both, yeah. They're, li-
0: I think, their lives okay. or whatever. I mean, like, whatever. Every once in a while, there's like a weird one where someone's like a really good expert on something and they talk about that. But, um, yeah, but yeah, your lives and hope. And I, I don't know. It's like, um, hope isn't the only word, it's just the, the one that I've, ch- it seemed to be the best one. But it's like, the fear. Well, it's
2: really scary. It's like, sorry to interrupt. No, go. It's, um, well, hope is, uh, hope seems like, much more exhausting and dangerous to talk about than the apocalypse you know
0: it's oh, very intense explain please expand on this
2: is that not clear from all the other talks you've done about hope <laughs> no people relate to the notion
0: of it very differently but like you think okay. so it's it's easier to think about like destruction
2: and the end yeah because hope hope comes with uh, more responsibility and more more feelings almost mm-hmm. i mean if you're a nihilist you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah right <laughs> um
0: yeah is it yeah i guess hope means that we want to survive
2: um, does it i don't know uh, uh, yeah well we is an interesting word because hmm. uh to me almost like hope means i want you to survive <laughs> like it's i don't know it's funny as I'm saying this, I like to calm myself. I know some people knit, but I uh, always take clothes apart. I like do stitch ripping. Uh huh. So I'm stitch ripping right now. You just take them apart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you do with these um, disassembled clothes? Um, I make new clothes.
0: Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Um, do you want to explain to the people
2: listening like who you are and what you do? My name is Margot. <laughs> <laughs> That's always the worst one. I have to say, my name is Margo. Uh, I'm a painter. I'm a painter. I make paintings. Um, yeah. What are paintings about? In general? Yeah. Um, I think at first I I had I was hopeful that paintings were about everything, mm-hmm. but as I've gotten more mature, um, I understand paintings are about seeing. But seeing. About seeing, yeah. Like about what we do see and what we don't see? Yeah. So that's my area My area of expertise, what we see. And we don't see everything. Uh, we don't see everything. So it's what you see, what you don't see, what you imagine you see, what you can try to imagine to see, what you fear to see. Um, yeah, it's definitely about seeing. Yeah. <laughs>
0: and in your opinion... Like, what relationship do paintings have with
2: time? Um, interesting. Uh, what do they have to do with time? Yeah. I guess they can stop time a bit. hmm So, um, I definitely don't, I think you can see paintings as snapshots and tiny moments, but because painting takes, can take a long time if you're a painter and you're working on something and it takes a long time it when you see a painting it can also you can look at a painting and see like a huge expanse of time right and they they sort of offer that they offer they offer more time than we normally have
0: that's so interesting I mean I asked you a question that I've never thought about but like Paintings also seem to only be one moment. Right. Right. But also a lot of time.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it can change, you know, like paintings can also be like, oh, look, there's paint on a surface. It's nothing but flatness. Yeah. While simultaneously being like, oh, look, there's this illusion of this infinite depth there's both those things so time can be a snapshot but can it, it but it also can be it can also actually not only represent but literally show um a huge amount of time mm-hmm. like you know banana being ripe and then being really black right right <laughs> not not to always use bananas as an example but they 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 seem to be easier to talk about than many paintings <laughs>
0: Yeah, uh, I think bananas are like the central motif of art, are they not?
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. They're it's, going extinct. It's they're, <laughs> they're really good to eat, and they're always in the studio, and nobody wants to eat a banana, so all you see are bananas when mm. you're in the studio. Every artist's studio, or just yours? I assume every
0: artist's <laughs> yeah, studio. Yeah, they're but... around. Bananas are around.
1: Um,
0: yeah. I ask about time because um, because in Exploring Hope, time is really central,
2: interesting and
0: how come well because hope i think um, tell me what you think but it speaks to the future yeah right it's always That's some, interesting something ahead of us right right so as far as like any conclusions or like have i figured out anything i think i have yeah like this this year or this project started when this year started um with this Oh my god, you started
2: that this year. January 1st, yeah. Wow, it seems like you started so
0: long ago. I know, because this year, well, time. <laughs> yeah. You know, th- this has come up a lot yeah. because it's 2020, like y- you know, I I was watching um I was watching the news the other night and I can't remember who it was. Um but it was like, you know, CBC news anchor just sort of was like chatting. It was, I think it was maybe on election, the election days. Um, yeah, but was just like, well, time is elastic and all the other <laughs> all the other anchors are like, yep. Yeah. and you know, like they'd been up nonstop for days and also the election feels like it was forever and also this year does but I was like, you know, it, it, it takes it takes 2020 it takes this year that we're living in for just the entire panel on CBC News National News to so just sort of nod their heads at the notion that time is elastic and <laughs> it doesn't matter.
2: <laughs> yeah i'm just reading a, a a book about clocks right now oh yeah what are you are you learning anything yeah. from that no it's just comforting
0: oh okay um well what about clocks what is in the book
2: um uh, you know time isn't real
0: <laughs> oh yeah right because we made clocks clocks make time look like a certain thing we made clocks clocks made us yeah yeah um, yeah. so yeah, so, so it, this, the idea for this came from the notion that, um, I was just feeling like overwhelmed yeah, and, um, hopeless and, and, and like, I don't know, I, I think I've had a, a problem with nihilism my whole life, but yeah, maybe not when I was little, but as much as I can remember and, yeah, and trying course. to figure out how to tackle forward motion, it felt like the beginning of a new decade. And I think, I mean, <clears> this year has, a lot has been accomplished this year.
2: Yeah. And
0: yeah, I, it's amazing. I think there's been like, for me anyway, there's been like massive anxiety and inertia, but also just like a sense of how to operate and move forward for myself.
2: Yeah, more yeah, so, yeah.
0: And, and like you know, this is a, p- a personal project. And, yeah, and it's about the people I know and the people I meet. But um, yeah. So when I talk about hope, I talk about that, and I I don't know if I could I couldn't think of a better word for it. And
2: so, have you come any closer to defining what you mean by hope, or is no? I know hope is a word like clock and time. You know, it's just so big, but um, may maybe a little easier to understand than the word time. Well, it's just a very loaded word, hope. Yeah, and it means different things to different people.
0: Yeah, and and again, it lives. It's it lives in our in our minds only yeah or hearts or whatever but inside us it's not like spoon or rock or something like that yeah symbolic so actually i don't think no that's that's a very good question i don't think i understand the concept of hope better no yeah but we're halfway through november i still have a month and a half left
2: (laughs) (laughs) oh boy yeah it's been quite a wild year it's been, I mean, yeah, hope's never been on my mind more really this year. Yeah, it's just, um, I guess, with all the uh, political action, yeah, it's just been, it's been overwhelming. Personally, just privately, mm-hmm. I can't imagine people are interested about this on a podcast, but just privately, like, just realizing that you're allowed to have hope is what it kind of, you know, tripped me up this year a little bit. Like, that you're allowed to have hope for the world being different than it is. So you didn't feel like you were allowed to before? Yeah, I was, yeah. I've been thinking about that all year. Like, um, yeah, I think it's a huge part of my life. And I think it's just, you know, we all come from such different places. And I'm sure a lot of people can relate to coming from places where they saw things and, um, they, the, the need, the, the, I don't know how to say it, but I guess just where I came from, it wasn't mirrored back or echoed back the, the desire for change or the, 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 um, the sense of reality that you could hope for some different reality, you know? Hmm. So, you know, in some ways, I'm kind of ashamed of myself because I'm like some people push through that and still have so much hope, even if their actions don't correlate to the world around them. You know, what do you mean by that? If their actions don't
0: correlate to the world around them, like they're not getting well, what they you're, deserve. Well, if
2: you're... Well, no, if you're seeing a different reality than the people around you are seeing and you're needing different, you're needing a different world than the people around you are seeing, and you try to manifest that. Um, it can be kind of crazy, you know. I think for me, I just was like, uh, it, instead of that, for me, I was just like, oh, I'm I guess I'm sensitive or I guess I'm a little crazy. So I think for me that, that desire for hope for a different world, like kind of got pushed down and I tried really hard to like, see, okay, the world is like this and, and that's okay. The world's terrible and that's okay. Like to like, Uh to sort of be okay with this world that you see. Yeah. Like I thought that was the same thing to do, sort of, which is like kind of a shameful thing to do. <laughs> well, I feel the same way,
0: even about my own self too. Like, well, that's yeah. just how I am, and I have to accept
1: it.
2: Yeah, even things- it's hard when it's not. It's hard when it's not mirrored back, and you know, if you're like completely alienated from people who see potential for change, a little bit. Hmm. Sorry, go on though. Well, when you say, like, where you're from, what do you mean by that? Um, just, just from being sort of in the South and being, you know, it's not like I was around terrible people. I was just, um, I was just around people that didn't see a problem with the way the world was. Right. And I didn't have friends who saw that there was a problem with the way, like, I didn't have anybody who saw that there was a problem. Mm Mm-hmm. And if you sort of said you thought there was a problem, you were kind of crazy a little bit. Right.
0: That's so, I'm, I'm this year, and this is so, this is silly for me to, or I feel like stupid admitting it, but like, I just didn't realize that people didn't see the pro- any problems. I know there's problems that I can't see, but also if someone says this yeah. is a problem, I'll be like, well, listen. <laughs> like Like, I guess on a base level, I've always felt like, we are surrounded by many problems that we as humans have created. It's it's hard for me to get people who don't think that there's a problem, any problem.
2: That's so interesting. And I, I, I already see, I was like, Oh yeah, I've known you for a while. Like, um, in a way, I can be more condescending than you are. Like I sort of thought people weren't very smart, you know. <laughs> and don't get me wrong, I didn't think I was very smart either. But huh. I just was. I just thought, oh, maybe if people had a more varied background, or if maybe people uh, were more sensitive to some of the like, I never really, I didn't think anybody. In a, in a funny way, I never judge people for not seeing that the world could be different. I just thought they didn't have much experience or they didn't have I don't know what I thought I guess
0: yeah it's it's a pretty tough pill to swallow, and I, I feel this every day personally that like that people consistently choose to support a system that benefits them and not others consciously.
2: yeah. Just, yeah, it's interesting because I have I have that biggest perspective. I have this. I have the most foreign perspective from when I was like eleven years old. You know, and I'm not sure if when I was eleven years old, I like I lived in the south and I was originally from Pennsylvania and I moved to Texas. Yeah, <laughs> not not that Pennsylvania is so great either, but it depends. No offense, Texas. It depends where in Pennsylvania. <laughs> Pittsburgh. <laughs> yeah.
0: Pits, Pittsburgh, anyway. I mean, as the election has showed us, Pittsburgh and Philly, pretty
2: okay. Outside, not trying to judge, <laughs> but we're talking uh, the perspective shifts.
0: Let's put it that way.
2: So I guess for me, like, when I moved down to Texas, um, like, I saw I saw uh, people from Mexico being treated like they were subhuman. Mm-hmm. And I saw Black people being treated with... Um, hatred and violence, you know. Um, And I wondered, like, would I do those things if I was from there? Right. Like, I guess I thought so much it was context. I don't know. And then when I moved to Canada, you know, people in Canada were talking about how terrible Americans were in terms of racism. But I had also been up north and... And I was very familiar with the the treating First Nations as subhuman you know yeah everywhere so so it all just seemed I guess I just never exempted myself from that I just thought if if I was from any of those places I might have had the same prejudices you know yeah I don't know no maybe
0: no not. That, I I I hear what you're saying um now do you think that? There is use in judging people for their... Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I'm trying to be yeah. less judgmental. Yeah, me too. But but it is useful. I mean, I guess it's useful to know. be like, judgment so far is like, that's bad. That's not okay. I disagree with that.
2: I don't know. I don't, I mean, you know, I guess, I, I guess, I guess one of the reasons <clears throat> it's not just my environment or the people around me that I've struggled with hope, but it's just, but it also seems so insurmountable, you know, it's so overwhelming. Yeah. Like I, I, you know, I have close friends who do stuff with like, wow, why do people think this and how can we change it? <clears throat> and I just like, I don't even know how they do it. Cause I like, for me, hope is a bit more like, all right, I'm going to like fill up my heart and jump off a cliff. Like I can't, if I look at the details I just get so crushed so easily. yeah and and you know that's not good. Like there are some real heroes out there doing incredible stuff, but I'm I'm just a little weaker than that. Like it's just it's just so hard to look at sometimes. Like for me when I was just so moved by this year and by all the political action and I I just couldn't even even believe it like the whole world was, well, America <laughs> was showing me that, that you could, that, that hope can change things. Like it was just overwhelming. Mm -hmm. Um, I couldn't, I just couldn't believe it. And, but it was also confusing for my whole life. I was like, Oh my God, I've been living without hope for, you know, I have other kinds of hope. Yeah. Um, but I'd been living without hope for so long. And I, I'd like, I felt like I like had reconstructed you know, droop my shoulders in a certain way for twenty years to like, all right, this is the way things are. You you know, you tolerate you tolerate the world. Yeah. And anyway, from all of this emotional overwhelming situation, I like took a break and watched uh, a queer eye episode. Oh yeah. And it was about this young woman who uh, you know, was overworked and she was an environmentalist and mm-hmm. she lived in a house with seven other environmentalists. Yeah, I remember this one. <laughs> I I think about it a lot, actually. That's so... Okay, I got to hear what you have to say. But I watched that and I just started crying. Like, honestly, this is very shameful to say, but I started crying out of self-pity for myself. <laughs> it's okay. Because <laughs> I was just like... Yeah, she was overworked, and she was, like, crazy and needed the help from five guys to, like... Be like, we support you, you're doing so great. (laughs) But I just, like... I just... Just seeing this young person who saw these problems in the world and felt like she could contribute, and she lived in a house where everyone else was contributing. Yeah. Um, And she was just so not alone. And I just it's this is very shameful to say on your podcast but it kind of yeah I did feel I kind of felt bad for myself you know like I felt I felt like oh my god like I I I just can't even imagine that like I can't imagine that much support for what for what you're doing and being able to think that you're changing things and helping the world like I don't know why this is shameful, like you wish you you wish you were more motivated to go change the world or like I don't know, just I guess the idea of feeling bad for myself like um, it's not even motivated like motivated's not the right word. I don't think I think it's like her the reality around her was um she had there were seven other people who uh. thought that was a good idea, her parents thought that was a good idea these. These five guys thought it was a good idea, you know.
0: <laughs> and like you want <laughs> like to I was just I was so
2: dis- I, well I was just so disenfranchised, like I just I was just so, you know, I didn't have the internet. Like I didn't understand that anyone else had those feelings. Like when you were young in Texas and felt crazy. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. When the craziness really set in. Do you think yeah. do you think you're crazy now? No. Yeah. No. Do you feel yeah. alone? No. No, I feel. I feel like fucking. Um, I feel. I can't believe it. I feel so um incredible and amazed by all these people doing so much stuff. And I just like the the only bad thing now is that I don't contribute so much and I haven't. You know. <clears throat> yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I I do believe that we all do contribute differently. Yeah, and we. Truly- yeah, I think I. We truly do. Like we just, we truly do. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're not trying to hurt forward motion of other people <laughs> and, and I'm, I'm not even going to define like what is and isn't enough because I don't know. And I struggle with those thoughts and feelings every day, but, yeah. but, um,
2: yeah. And I'm older now, so I understand too. Like, I mean, in a funny way, one of the reasons why it felt so bad when I was younger is I felt so competent. Like I felt like hmm. really capable of doing stuff. Oh yeah. And, and now I'm older and I'm more humble. And even when you asked me like, what, what is painting about? I'm like, it's about seeing. But when I started to paint, like what I wanted painting to do is change the world, <laughs> you know? Cause I didn't know, I didn't know how else to change the world.
0: Oh, I'm so immature then, because I still feel that way about art, or my own art, that I can change things with it.
2: But well, I-, I think I think, I think think one can, probably, but it's just more humble than I had... Well, I mean, I didn't even think art could do anything, but still it was that leap of faith, like, maybe it can do something, and maybe I can change the world. But now, that's kind of inverted, where I feel like art does do a lot, and... Um, I'm a humble person in it and I do what I can. Mm-hmm. What drew you to painting? <laughs> I never would have said this, but just my line of thought from our conversation. I was like, yeah, I started out, I was like, all right, um, maybe when I was little, I was like, maybe I'll be an astronaut and discover another planet. And then I was like, okay, maybe I'll be president and fix everything. Uh-huh. And then I was like, maybe I'll be a doctor and help people. And then I just was like, Maybe I'll just stay in my room. <laughs> <laughs> what's so, a job uh, I yeah, that's...
0: <laughs> What's a job I can do from inside my room?
2: <laughs> that that like that sums up my trajectory of hope, you know? I was like, All right, I'll do what I can from inside my
0: room. Um I'm in a uh Man, I gotta do some reading on this. I had I had a guy that or I had a topic that I wanted to discuss on this, which is about. And this is getting into like, anyway, I don't want. I don't. I'm trying not to make apologies for these things, but that if you change the patterns of your thinking, yeah, you you really can radiate out larger change, and that gets reflected yeah. in art. You know, if you are yeah, again, open and listening. And trying to put love out there, that 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 will change your comedy, your paintings. It just will. Yeah, And that they do, art does radiate in that way and can. It's hard because we also all deal with like
2: industries. And I'm, yeah, and I'm I'm actually like, I've struggled with this my entire life with painting. Like I've struggled with its uselessness Mm -hmm. and blah, 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 and the impotency of it. Yeah, um, and there's this one example that always feels a little helpful to me, but, but I'm sure it's not a helpful example. But, you never know. Uh, um, is I'm sure it's not a helpful example because I know like half sane people hate Lars von which is totally fair. But uh-huh. um, I always really appreciated the way he made his films, and but at the same time, he always had a message at them in the in the center, like some kind of dumb, like, Americans are stupid kind of a message. <laughs> yeah. And and it's like, ah, it always kind of, like, I thought his um, structures were always so smart and incredible and kind of genius. And the that narrative one-liner one always felt like an eye roll. Right. Um, but he made this one movie, Melancholia, and... It was just such a depressive movie. Like it was obvious he was just like he wasn't concerned with with trying to quote unquote help people or change things. Mm-hmm. And in the movie, it was just like the entire movie almost felt like it was there to soothe him. Mm-hmm. It was like this turn away from structuralism back to romanticism or something. I, I'm probably I probably could use better words than what? that, but. Did, and did you like it more? Yeah. Yeah. It was just, it, it was, of course, a thousand times more helpful than his other movies were because he was helping himself and he wasn't being condescending and um, reductive and... For the record, you know, I don't think yeah. you're more condescending
0: than I am. I think I am plenty condescending. <laughs>
2: in, <laughs> fact, in
0: fact, I've been called that many times in my life. Yeah. And continue to be, um, although sometimes it's just a woman in glasses. People don't like that.
2: <laughs> who knows? Um, I just, I, I just always think we're all equal, so I just never think anyone's like. I never think anyone's the boss, and so if if there's any if there's anyone to blame, I feel like as equally responsible as those in charge. I just can't help myself, you know. Like even evil, bad
0: people who are in charge, you you feel equally responsible to them.
2: Yeah, of yeah. course, because I'm not doing anything to stop them, you know? Right. You're not, like, storming the castle.
0: Yeah. This honestly has been something, like, a theme that's come up. And it's, like, a it's like a subtler energy throughout all these interviews of that, like, working on yourself is working on the world. Yeah. I really struggle with that.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's Well, it's very hard to... It
0: kind of doesn't make sense to me.
2: Well, there's one thing that's helped. There's one thing that's changed for me this year. Uh-huh. I feel like it's just been a kind of remarkable year for everyone, but yeah. Uh, but definitely for me. And I think in the past, I just always felt like I was up in the sky looking. I was, you know, I'm a painter. Like, you you map everything. You can see everything. You map. You're, you're at a distance. Hmm. Um, but something happened this year where suddenly it just band- felt like I was on the ground and I couldn't see anything. And that was kind of interesting in terms of painting Hmm. and interesting in terms of feeling blind all of a sudden, Um, but, but still emotionally hoping to be able to see, even if you couldn't see anything. Um, But the one thing that um, actually, like I felt, I've almost felt uh, incapacitated to do anything because there's so many things to do. There's so many problems and it just is so overwhelming yep. but suddenly feeling this year like i have a limited perspective um somehow this year i was able to do one thing at a time so in a funny way i was i was more active this year than i've ever been even though i felt like i could see less so yeah well seeing everything is quite overwhelming it's awful. (laughs) So yeah, like, uh, I mean, you know, I think even in the past, like, it's like, okay, so yeah. So you do some uh, organizing or you do something to raise money for prisoners or whatever. Like, yeah, what else can you do? What else can you do? But this year is like, okay, that's in front of me. I can do that. Like even last week that, that, uh, my kid at school, they're having all their classes outside and
0: mm-hmm.
2: they need, um, parents to come clean up the garbage yep. that, cause it's right by the main street. And, uh, so my kid and I went and we picked up all the garbage and it was just like, Oh fuck, this feels so good. Like we can pick up garbage. Like, <laughs> because
0: someone asked you, cause like there was an ask, you didn't have to like go figure out it out
2: yourself. Um, it wasn't even the ask. It was like, it was just, uh, because I, I don't know. I know this is crazy. Like I'm sure this year everyone feels overwhelmed by what to do, but I've had the opposite experience where I'm like, Oh, I can only see this one thing in front of me to do. So like every week it's like, okay, so this week we clean up garbage at the school and him and I were like walking all around picking up this garbage, and it was so fun. <laughs> <laughs> it was just so much more fun than not doing anything, you know. Yeah. Um, but like a year ago, that would have seemed so small and dumb to me, you know. Mm-hmm. Or even even like um, helping get some money for prisoners, like it. i been like, oh yeah, I'm a rich white lady. <laughs> but it's like, no, no, no. You're a rich white lady. You gotta you gotta do what you can, you know. Right. It's, I don't know, there's, I guess, I guess it's just being more humble and like being like, okay, okay, I'll do this. I'll do this now. But you, it's not that you Um, wouldn't have
0: done it before.
2: I honestly, I think I was so overwhelmed by all the different things Mm. I should be doing that I might've even missed it. Right. Honestly, like, it's just so, I really felt very, I, my, you know, my whole life I felt, felt pretty paralyzed by what you're supposed to do. Cause it was just like, it just seemed like a nightmare, you know? Yep. I do know. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> I live in that space a lot. <laughs> so it, it just, it's been a weird gift. I don't know. Maybe I had like some aneurysm or something, but <laughs> I have this new gift of being like, okay, I'll do this right now. You know, like, I don't know what happened, but I, uh, <laughs> something shook you out of your paralysis. I, yeah, something shook me out of my vision. So I'm like, okay, and it really, it really is the key thing. I think is humbleness. It's like, okay, so you're not gonna be president, but you can pick up garbage. You know, you can like, you can like get some money from prisoners. Like, it's not to keep using those examples, but imagine being president. Ugh, oh, that'd be so know, intense. It was what a,
0: I've never understood it.
2: I think when I think being a, an American, like the It's so different in Canada, but in the US, people are just so disenfranchised that, um, you know, even my relatives at holiday dinners, you know, a lot of them hadn't been to university or, and, but they really were, you know, they're like, they're right wing white people, Christian, and they're like, well, I, I, I believe in America, I love America, America's the greatest place, like, If I wanted an education, I could have given up um, having kids and doing all this stuff. You know, it was my choice. Hmm. It was my choice not to be educated. But because I'm not educated, I'm not going to participate in this stuff because I don't know. Right. So, and then when I moved to Canada, it was like everyone felt, it was kind of shocking. It was like everyone feels like they get to have a say and... Well everyone feel, feels like they not everyone but, but you know what i mean It more
0: of a feeling of that here yeah
2: Yeah it was it was more um, honestly at first it kind of was shocking it, it was like everyone it it felt like everybody was complaining at first <laughs> Like in in my experience like no one complained because they don't have a right to complain cuz it's their fault Yeah right So it was this this culture you know yeah, and just the specific, you know, Southern Ontario sort of white culture I was in, like, like um, people were complaining a lot, <laughs> and I was like, oh,
0: <laughs> it was sort of startling. <laughs> well, people do complain a lot here. I I have another question about about paintings.
2: Yeah. Do you? Oh, oh. So oh, yeah. I'll just say the yeah. the whole reason I said that was that's why I thought I had to be president. Because I was like, well, I guess I don't have a right to change anything unless I'm in charge. Oh, like I, I like I, I feel like people I know now don't understand. Like I never met an artist until I was 20. Like I never met an activist until I was 25. Like I don't like I literally didn't know these people existed, you know? That's amazing. It's amazing
0: to say I didn't think I could change anything unless I was president. I mean, that's A psychological structure to keep people shut the fuck up, right?
2: Oh my god, yeah, yeah. Wow. Okay. (laughs) The painting question. Do you
0: do your paint? Do you have like your paintings have feelings in them?
2: Yeah, I think so. Not, not. I don't know. That's that's like feelings and time and hope are all pretty weird words. Yeah, yeah. So what do you mean by feelings? Well, because you said it's about seeing. Yeah. But
0: like, I'm just, when I look at your work, I feel feelings. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. like, and That's I, good. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> you're painting correctly because I feel feelings. I looked up some stuff online, actually. I don't know why. Oh, I was, this is so silly. I was looking up a picture of you because we text enough. And when I text enough with people, I really want their picture in my phone. Yeah. And so I was looking for pictures of you. But I saw I a whole bunch of, obviously, your paintings came up. And um, there's one called, I think it's called Moby
2: Dick? Yeah.
0: And it, like, scared me.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Painting to Moby Dick. <laughs> yeah, which is great, which is correct. W- why did it scare you? It
0: scared me my, like Moby Dick would. Oh, wow, that's cool. It was, like, a big... It was really beautiful, but it was also, like... It was, like, um yeah like my my buddy who who you know shannon gerard she has like a fear of whales and i think i felt it it's like it's too big it's (laughs) too big it's too big and it's it's okay but it's just like it's like a mountain that could (laughs) fall on you and like wiggle around afterwards and that's not nice yeah yeah that's the world that's the world (laughs) also i've been reading Moby dick for like Two straight years because I can't get through it. So I feel like I've been living in Moby Dick. Today felt like Moby Dick. Roncesvalles felt like Moby Dick today. Uh, Roncesvalles is a street in Toronto if you're not from here. Because, like, honestly, it was like I haven't seen winds and gales like this since I, like, worked on boats. And it was crazy. There was was all this shit. Like, so also now on Roncesvalles, like, everywhere in Toronto, there's these sort of, like, makeshift patios, right? Yeah, And so there's these makeshift like rinky dinky patios <laughs> and all the shit that was made, that they were made out of was just like rolling down the street. And I almost got like just taken out by like a, like um an outdoor umbrella, like a patio umbrella.
2: <laughs> anyway. That's the like, that's the craziest thing right now. It's like, it's fucking freezing. And, and there's, I don't know, it just feels like a civil war is looming. And then there's like a, an, and there's a pandemic and people are like sipping wine outside in the snow. <laughs> yeah, like outside. And yeah, on the way to your place
0: uh, this week, I was like, oh, we're gonna have a fire. This will be fun. It feels like we're outlaws. And then I went by like the Rhino. They have this big outdoor patio and there's just open fires like at a business. I was Like, All right. <laughs> like big fire pits. And I'm like. Well, they're keeping businesses afloat, but yeah. Anyway, it felt like yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was wearing my I have I have this like wool, this old wool pea coat. So I just I was like, I feel like a, I feel like I'm on a boat.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It just feels
0: like a big long boat. Um. Anyway, it but, is
2: it it is pretty uh, it's a pretty good year to to be lost and to like uh be on the ground and be like wow. An umbrella just almost hit me. (laughs) To be lost. And also that thing you were saying about humility of like, you know, some
0: people are not paralyzed right now. Um, some, some, some people who are doing some really wonderful work and some people who are doing some really devious work are all really activated, but like, but like, look to, to, to have the humility to like, look to the people who are doing beautiful work and go and just listen and be like, I'm ready to pick up garbage. I'm ready to donate to this. I'm ready to support you. If you speak up, I'm ready to, you know. I'm, yeah. ready, I'm ready to march. I'm ready. Whichever thing I'm capable of. And yeah. Um, but anyway, Moby Dick was why I was asking about <laughs> feelings in paintings. Cause if you said they're about seeing, like, and if we're talking about like bringing your, your vision and outlook into the world. Yeah. Like, I guess the question is somewhere in there where, well, where, where are feelings in, in the paintings?
2: It's hard. It's hard for me to say, cause they're so close, you know, like, mm-hmm. um, they're like, I can, I can see a little bit easier 10 years down the road. Um, Hmm. like when that painting, painting to Moby Dick was like 10 years ago Hmm. and, uh, yeah, that was like, oh, there's a person who's, um, overwhelmed by their environment and who's just sitting there, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think feelings are, you know these paintings i'm working on now like last summer i was looking at them and i was like oh these are just nothing these are so depressive like there's there's just no it's almost like there's 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 no hope in them <laughs> you know like not to use the keyword here but please do that's that's your <laughs> job as my guest <laughs> and then yeah like a month later I suddenly it was like I landed and I looked at the paintings and I was like oh wow the paintings got here before I did mm. it's not it's not that that there's no it's not that there's no hope it's just that the hope has to be found in these very limited areas yeah and once I saw that and I really saw that once I saw that I could sort of bring that out a little bit more mm. um. So the, the paintings always feel a little smarter than me and they always feel like they're leading me. Hmm. And so that has to, I think there's an inner intelligence that's, um, that's maybe more complicated than feelings, but feelings certainly lead the way. Mm hmm um it's also but yeah there there's almost nothing else in them than feelings because there's like i just like hate the idea of symbols or anything being read like it just like makes me feel horrible to think that anyone's like quote-unquote reading my painting like that the paintings that come from thoughts mm-hmm. yeah yeah was- or that there's some message for people you know
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like um, it's like the, each one of your paintings is like the Da Vinci Code, and you gotta like figure out all the. It's like an escape room.
2: Oh my god! What like I'm nightmare. Not so, I'm I'm like not. I I think I'm a really good painter, but I'm completely not arrogant enough to think that I like have something to say concretely that people should listen to. You know, like if anything, I think I'm a good painter because yeah, I I, I can. I can add a little bit of depth or I can like I can maybe follow behind my groping nature to get somewhere new.
0: <laughs> I so these paintings also had a lot of darkness in them. And you talking about it this way, it's it's interesting. I just had to thought where I'm like, it's so unfair that we associate hope with like brightness. Yeah. Yeah. It's really yeah, it, unfair to the dark.
2: Yeah, it's a, it's all all our big words are so dirty, you know? Time and hope and love and um they're all just such a mess yeah they're murky yeah like all the people being named hope and i'm sure they're being named hope for a lot of different (laughs) reasons
0: or heaven (laughs) (laughs) sorry sorry your name is hope or heaven we i love you i'm sorry my name is becky (laughs) my name gets made fun of all the time (laughs) oh my name is the worst (laughs) margo margo's not a meme though anyway
2: it's not a meme. It's not a meme yet.
0: Yeah. Right. So, like, um, bright bright words are like rock and fork. They're random. Right. They're,
2: they're random, but they're very concrete what they are. They're concrete. Yeah, yeah. And hope is, you know, I mean, I guess the idea of hope is like even as I said that about my, you know, actually that queer queer eye episode I was talking about, like the reason I felt I felt so uh, like overwhelmed by that episode was that I realized I'd been crushed for most of my life by this, you know? Um, By what? And it's just by feeling incapable of taking any action Mm. in the world. Mm. And, but the word hope, you know, like I didn't, when I was young, like, um, I had hope for a future, like I had hope for my own self, like, I had hope that I could go to school. I had hope that I would make a decent living. Like it's none of that, you know. Hope for me, for my personal life, was not compromised. Hmm. Um, so that kind of hope. But the the main hope, the main hope for the world, like like how how can you? I don't know. Just it, it's just like the bigger hope for the world that seems so incredibly tangled and nightmarish Hmm. like it was just it was hard to care about hope for my private life but it doesn't mean that I didn't have I I don't know what I'm trying to say I just mean like you know I still had a privileged life like I still I still felt myself totally competent and capable of making a living in the world and Hmm. you know um, doing what I needed to do and um you know what i mean like that like uh the hope. the when i hear the word hope i i think of the world like i don't think of my life
0: yeah yeah me too yeah unless in, in, in except in like situations where i've been in like dire trouble and i want to be out of that yeah
2: yeah but, we all we have that too <laughs> but, but that's like emergency
0: hope that's not like overall yeah, yeah. personal hope
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think I still felt like I felt capable enough of taking care of myself and um, uh, living my life and doing what I needed to do. Mm. But I think if your strongest desire is to contribute, yeah, then it doesn't feel like it's much of anything. Mm. Even even if like on paper, you're benefiting a lot from the world, you know? Well, yeah. And if you if I'm
0: understanding, like, the, the desire to contribute also sort of erases... It, it, like, centers yourself and erases yourself at the same time. Yeah. It's just about yeah, handing totally. things around. Like, yeah. Well, I you, what do you mean, erasing yourself? Like... Uh, like, it's... Contrib- like, I want to contribute. I want to give. I want to... Like, where are yeah. you as a person in that?
2: What well, you, that's, a good, that's a good question. But if it feels like such an emergency, which it always did... Yeah, yeah. Like, I guess... If it feels like an emergency, it's hard to think about oneself. I know, but it seems important, um, also. Yeah, yeah, Isn't yeah. That- I'm in therapy now. <laughs> <laughs> I I was. I'm and, learning about myself.
0: <laughs> I was, and it didn't work out, and I gotta, I gotta try a new stab at it. <laughs> yeah. um, well, Margot, this has been a truly fantastic conversation. <laughs> Has it, been? <laughs> it has. Here's the thing. Okay, Here's the thing. Um, every guest speaking their own truth. It, you're, the things that you know the best are the most boring to you. Yeah. But they're they're new to other people.
2: So much of what you right, just said right. is very new to me. Tons of it. Right. That is that's like the key to painting. Huh. When you see when you see people trying to learn how to paint, it's like the only thing. The only thing you need to know is like you have to respect the, your humble brushstroke, whatever that is. Hmm. Um, it doesn't matter what you do with it, but you have to value it. Hmm. But it's so hard to it's so hard to accept that in every other field or medium. <laughs> what does
0: that even mean in comedy? Well, I'm going to be thinking about that for a while.
2: <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's, yeah That comedy seems harder oh, oh yeah but it's there where's my humble
0: brush stroke oh man um where can people it's right there i know but like what is where's the brush anyway what,
2: yeah. um where can people find you do you want them to um you mean in person well <laughs> i meant like <laughs> online your work i don't know uh my my name is my website margo williamson and and i have i have a i have an online show in march 2021 at y cube fucking a
0: (laughs) thank you so much margo
2: i love you (laughs) i love you too you're the best you are too and this is i think it's incredibly brave you're doing a podcast about hope it's like incredibly moving to me why is
0: it brave but don't tell me why it's brave or i'll get scared Every time someone tells me I'm Um, doing something brave, I know that trouble's coming that I was too stupid to see.
2: (laughs) I think hope is trouble. I think hope is, I think hope is, it's complicated and it's different for everyone. Mm -hmm. It's, it's easier, it's easier and more fun to talk about destruction. Hmm. Well, Um, now we hope hope is hard. Hope is hard. It's, it, it is, as I said, it's responsibility, you know? Well, and, 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 and we've we, established... We can all... Yeah? And we... It's just responsibility and we all take so many wrong steps and we say so many wrong things when it's something so important. Hmm.
0: Yeah, I guess But you're...
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. you're brave.
0: <laughs> There's a lot of failure around hope. And also, as we've established, it's a dirty word, like dirty, messy, murky, muddy, caked in dirt.
2: Or... Or it's like the, it's the best word. And so it just reveals all our filth whenever we talk about it. Ooh. Know.
0: Or it's like, it's like, um, like you up in the sky. It's, it's like, it's clouds. They're absolutely perfect, but you can't quite figure them out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thanks for chatting with you, yeah. Marco. <gasps> Thank you. <laughs> okay. Bye. <laughs> okay. Bye. The H-Word Podcast is produced by me, Becky Johnson, from Parkdale in Toronto. Artwork this week by Margot Williamson, and our theme music, as always, by Laura Barrett. For information on all our artists and guests, please follow us everywhere at The H-Word Pod, or sign up for our newsletter at thehwordpod.com.